We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now, people are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Pack-A-Day Podcast, the only place you can get Packers content 24-7, 365. My name is Tyler Grezegorek. I am joined by Gage Bridgeford. We are here to break down the Packers Week 13 matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles taking place in the great Lambeau Field. Gage, this is a great game. Uh, the NFL is, at least. The football football is a great game. And college has been kind of crazy on Saturday. Uh, Wisconsin dropped to Indiana, which I'm sure you're happy about. I mean, I don't know if you're an Indiana Hell fan. Hell yeah, man. I was 14-point <laughs> dogs in that game. I, I, was, I, I was thinking Wisconsin. Dogs. I'm sorry. I was thinking Indiana to cover that game everywhere because that that was just too big of a line for that game. I didn't bet on it because I'm weird about betting on my own teams. Mm, but I was, but I, I was pull, I was pulling for Indiana, obviously. But I like when it comes to betting on my own, like whether it's Green Bay or 
Like, uh, you, just anybody I have a personal rooting interest for, I get weird about it. Uh, I usually don't try to bet on them from a week-to-week basis, but I'll put money on... When I have confidence in the team from a long-term standpoint, I'll usually put, like, 10, 15, 20 bucks on a long-term outlook for the season, like winning the division, winning the Super Bowl, which I do have actually have money on the Packers right now to win the Super Bowl. It was, like, So, like, 20, futures? Yeah, pretty much. Um, have you put but, any money on Rodgers for MVP? I haven't, because I don't think he wins it. I mean, his odds are, like, plus 600, and they're not yeah. going to get better. No, and uh, that was that's something I would have liked to have gotten in on before the season started uh, with better odds there. So I haven't touched that. But uh, I do have money on the Packers win the Super Bowl right now. I mean, it's not a lot. But, I mean, hey, if they, if they win, it's a good payout. I think it was plus 2,000 when I put money on them. So, uh, nice. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I, that's all I really do is betting on my teams. But uh, Wisconsin did drop to Indiana. Uh, Graham Mertz did not look that great. So, I don't know. Well, it doesn't – okay, in fairness to Graham Mertz, I use got a good defense, man. Like I use generated, I think sixteen picks. Yeah, but the, this the year or something like that. Some of the plays that they were missing, I it was Mertz just missing throws. That interception that really kind of put the nail in the coffin on this game because even though the the Badgers had an opportunity to make a play towards the end of this game, uh, that interception in maybe the third quarter where the wide receiver just didn't look up on the skinny post and it went right over his head into the safety's arms. That was the really the nail in the coffin in this game. And I don't even blame Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz for that one. I mean, but uh, honestly, he was missing some pretty basic throws, like deep, uh, not deep ends, but like eight-yard ends, uh, just crossing routes in general. He's kind of overthrowing them, and you can't do that. You can't overthrow crossing routes. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We are here to talk about the Green Bay Packers, the professional football team in Wisconsin, as they take on the Philadelphia Eagles this week, the semi-professional football team in the NFL. So let's take a look at this game from a standpoint of, Let's kind of let's kind of reflect on the past you know, maybe four weeks for each of these teams here. The Eagles are struggling, uh, struggling heavily, struggling mightily, struggling everywhere. And uh, Carson Wentz is a big reason for that. I'm still a believer in Carson Wentz personally. Uh, I, I think that he's had a really bad run, and I think he's maybe experiencing some of the yips at the quarterback position. Uh, but overall, I do believe in the talent. I do believe in the player. I mean, this is a former MVP we're talking about. So it, this is. Well, he didn't win MVP, sorry. But he should have won MVP that year. My bad. He was on MVP pace, yes. My bad. So he was going to win MVP that year until he went down with that leg injury. But uh, I, think that, I think that Carson Wentz is still a really talented player, and he can make some plays. I think he's trying to do too much, and that would explain why the biggest stat that has been revolving around Packers Twitter this week has been the Carson Wentz not-under-pressure statistic. And uh, it kind of plays into what the Packers want to do on defense. It really does. Uh, Green Bay wants to generate pressure. That's that's how they that's how they win. Uh, Mike Pettin loves to try and generate pressure in any way, shape, and form. It doesn't matter if it was. It doesn't matter if he has to bring pressure to do it. He doesn't like to bring pressure. I've noticed. We all know that the the third round or the three man rush is a running joke at this point in the year. But it's it's the truth. But against this against this Philly defense, he doesn't necessarily need to bring blitzes or bring extra men at all. I honestly think that he could bring. Four all night, especially if he trots out a four, uh, like primary rotation with Rashad Preston, Kenny, and Z. If oh, you mean the NASCAR package? That is that yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he if he brings out that consistently, Carson's done, man. That's gonna be a cooked goose. Or 
Eagle, I should say. <laughs> cooked eagle. A cooked bird, we'll go with there. Uh, anyway, the Packers are heavy favorites in this game, eight and a half point favorites. As you know, they've kind of had a number of big lines this year. Uh, I, I think that when we get into talking about NFL lines and, and, and spreads and such, anything over seven is considered pretty big. Uh, I think once you start getting into the five and six point range, you consider heavy favorites. Uh, anything over seven is heavy, heavy favorite. Packers are heavy, heavy favorites against the Eagles. Uh, they typically don't play well against Philadelphia, though. Philadelphia came into the Lambeau last year in a game where Green Bay was supposed to win pretty easily, and uh, ultimately they ended up losing that game. They did lose Devontae Adams in that game as well, so it's going to be a little bit of a revenge game, I would believe, uh, because I think that Green Bay is going to be hungry to take it to Philadelphia this time in Lambeau. Uh, I don't... I don't believe in the Philadelphia team to a point where I think that they can really win this game, but I do think that they can make this game interesting at least. Yeah, and I think who did I talk to the other day? Oh, I was on a I was on the Flippin' Birds podcast uh, on I believe I believe that was Wednesday. Uh, which if you guys didn't listen to that, go listen to it. They're uh, some good guys, um, Brian Cameron, Chris Infante. But I was on there. And we were talking about, uh, and Jacob Morley was also on there with me, we were talking about how we expected the game to go. And Jacob kind of expected Green Bay to cover. Obviously, the spread's like eight and a half. I think it, I don't know if it's moved at all since I last looked at it. Um, what is it? What is it? Is it still eight and a half? It's still eight and a half. Still eight and a half for Green Bay. And so it hasn't moved in a few days. I And I thought Green Bay could, I think Philly's going to cover. I think that Philly has the recipe to do it because they can run the ball. Whether or not they do that, that's a different story. I think I think we have to worry about like Philly running the ball if they do it, like they can, like with uh, Miles Sanders. Not so much Jordan Howard who got brought up or Boston Scott, but they can run with Miles Sanders. They can move the ball with him, and that can cause problems for Green Bay. Absolutely, and Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders paired for three touchdowns last year. Uh, you know, I don't think that that happens again because that was a little bit of a let's get down to the goal line, we're just going to punch it in type of scenario. That's that's what the nature of those touchdowns were. And so that offensive see, line was also dramatically different. And healthier. And the team itself for the Eagles was a different beast, if you will. Uh, this year they've struggled with injuries. Doug Peterson has taken a huge step back in terms of being one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Carson Wentz has taken a big step back. The defense in total is missing pieces that it had last year. They're getting Fletcher Cox back this week, which is big for them. But overall... The Eagles are not the same team that they were last year. No, they're not. But didn't Fletcher Cox play last week? Did he play last week? I know he was injured. I thought he left the game. He, he, he might have left the game, but I yeah. think he was at least he was on the field. Uh, yeah, Fletcher Cox makes a big deal, especially with the, obviously, Corey Lindsley now on IR, which, so Cox could easily get after Rodgers up the middle, which could cause some problems. We know that uh, Rodgers has been the least hit quarterback in football this year. He's been hit just 30 times compared to Carson I mean, Wentz, who's been hit. where he had six seconds against that Bears front. Six seconds. That's that's insane, especially when and you that talk was, about the quality of the Bears' defensive front that, that they have. Yeah, like, well, granted, Akeem Hicks was missing. Because did Lindsley yeah, yeah, yeah. Lindsley didn't play in that game, or did he uh, leave he early? He left pretty early. Okay, so with no Akeem Hicks, granted, Elton Jenkins is are probably a top five guard already in football top and he's just an elite offensive I think he's already an elite offensive lineman that might be a little premature because he's only been around for 18 games or so but no absolutely I think he plays all five positions he he's yeah he's played all and five I don't know if there's another offensive lineman in the NFL that you could say that about you definitely could I don't think Debach could do it 
I don't think – I think that that is a rare trait. I, obviously, it's a rare trait, but I think it's a trait that's more common among interior guys than tackles, which is kind of weird because interior guys tend to have more versatility, but exterior guys are that's – your, that's your high money guys, and they specialize in being a tackle. Like, if you're a great tackle, you're going to be a great tackle, and that's special, versus you can be a good offensive lineman on the interior and just be good all over the place, which is what Elton is. He's going to start at center this week, and John Runyon starting next to him. I still have confidence. I have a lot of confidence in this, this is team the to keep running. This is the 2021 starting offensive line right here. I would personally Ooh. prefer Elton to stay at left guard and John Runyon to play center, but I'm not. Uh, but no, I, I think I, I'm in, I'm all I'm all about your smartest offensive lineman, your most aware offensive lineman, the guy who's going to be orchestrating that offensive line. I'm all about him being your center. That's why Corey Lindsley, on top of him just being very solid uh, and very fundamental. And very technical. He's 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 been leading that group now for years, and that's why his value I don't think can be stated enough. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how they continue to deal with his loss. Obviously, last week they were able to sub in John Runyon, and it it felt like there was no drop off, which most NFL teams don't have that luxury to be able to say we can just take the six-round pick we took and throw him in the lineup as a guard, and we're going to be okay. That's not something that most NFL teams can do. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Yeah, and that's something – that's actually two weeks in a row now that they've had to do that because Lindsley left early in uh, the previous game. I can't remember who they played off the top of my head. Who did they play? Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Jacksonville? Yes. Yeah, so two weeks ago against Jacksonville, Lindsley left early. That's okay. Running came in, played well. Elton, obviously stud, rocked it at center. So you're, oh, so you're, you're good. Right. Lindsley did not play against the Bears. I, I couldn't remember if he had played and left really early or if he just flat out missed. Yeah, I think he flat out missed because Jenkins started at center, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so right there, and like I said, the the reason I would want Elton next to Debach isn't a knock on Runyon. It's more of a, I like to have elite players next to each other. And if you can put a guy like Runyon, who's a younger guy, in the middle, and then maybe you bring back, do you, do you think Lucas Patrick comes back next year? I don't see why not. I think he's played well enough to return, plus he's going to be super cheap. He's the new Lane Taylor. Yeah, so I think you bring back Lucas Patrick and keep him and Billy Turner on the right side because for all of the people that want to bemoan Billy Turner and how much money he makes, he's played very well this year. Tackles get more money naturally, so yeah. even if you're getting if you're getting somebody who is a top twenty tackle in the NFL, 
all right? Like, in that given season, he's a top 20 NFL tackle. He is worth 10 to $12 million a year. Absolutely, because you know what? He's keeping your star player, Aaron Rodgers, up on his up on his feet. And when Aaron Rodgers has time, we all know how special he can be with the ball in his hands, with time, the ability to survey the field and break down the defense on the run. All those things, they don't happen if you don't have a guy who can at least give him the opportunity to do so. So I, I, Billy Turner is earning his money currently. And uh, he's going to make a lot of money next year. I So I understand why the conversation could be, you know, we should move on from Billy Turner because the, the cap the cap situation with the NFL and the Packers and how much free money they're going to have, they're probably not going to be active in free agency. The team we have this year, the Packers, the team that the Packers have this year is going to be 90% the same team you're going to see in 2021 because they're not going to be able to add a ton of new players other than the draft. Now, I want to talk about... I want to talk about this this offensive line in one final mention here. Do you think that there's because uh, there are a couple other talented players, well, supposedly talented players that the Packers like behind, you know, uh, Runyon. I guess you would say like Stepaniak. They've talked highly of him. They've talked highly of Jake Hansen, who's been hurt all year long. Uh, Rick Wagner, obviously, I think he was on a one year. Was he on a one year deal? Or two uh, years. If it wasn't a one year, it was two and a. I think it was a two, the virtually one year. Yeah. It was a one. So, it was a. It was a one plus. It was a one minus one. Yeah. For those that don't know what that means, it's generally a basketball term, which means like one year, and the second year is a team option. Player options are plus one because they can opt in if they want. Team option means they can just cut him, which is what Wagner has. I believe he has no money on that second year. It was all first year money. I'm pretty sure as well. And you know what? Even even though he has not played a lot, I. I don't blame the I don't blame Gutekunst for the move at all. I'm okay Fun fact: he's the 20th best graded tackle for Pro Football Focus. Yes, Wagner? I understand he's yeah, Wagner. He's <laughs> somehow silly. he's only played 300 snaps. The fact that he's played that many is kind of surprising. But he's a swing tackle. You can throw. Him but I just I didn't realize right. he had been on the field that much. Is what I'm getting at. I didn't know. My point is here: the the tackle money. We we were talking about Billy Turner. We're talking about the 2021 season here. We're talking about what this roster could look like. What the offensive line could look like. Wagner, as valuable as he is as a sixth offensive lineman, I think you can find a guy in the draft and say, "Hey, you know, we just need you to play a couple hundred snaps a year." And even if he doesn't do that, like I don't, that that's that's probably a worst case scenario because you're assuming then that your guys are going to get hurt at some point. And Bakhtiari is known to miss a couple games. Sorry, I don't mean to keep bogarting here, but no, but, no, you're no, you're good. You're completely fine because you're absolutely right. Everything you're saying is true. And the benefit of hitting on these draft picks like Green Bay has done, like if they like Jake Hansen, awesome. John Runyon has played well. He's played well in his minimum, like in his minimal role. He's not, he's not played a ton. And you know what? Maybe extrapolate his play out over the course of a season. Maybe he's not as good. But right now, I have not seen anything that would make me think, huh, he's not going to hold up. If John so Runyon I really, ends up being average, that's a hit. That's it. That's, that's that, is, that is for a sixth round pick. That's a hit because you don't even expect those guys to stay on your roster, let Absolutely. alone start. So I want to actually ask you a question uh, on the Game on Fantasy Friday Night Lights, or Game on Wisconsin Friday Night Lights stream uh, last night. We were posed with a question. Adam Westendorf and I were posed with a question: Who is the best pick from this class this year for the Packers? For Green for Green Bay, I was going to say could be, it can be a, U, uh, a UDFA as well. Okay, give me give me one second. 
to pull. Uh, yeah, them. I'll quickly rattle off through the picks here for you. Just so okay, you can, thank you. Yeah, because I went through this exercise last. I'm night. like, I'm like. <laughs> so you have Jordan Love. Uh, I was like, loved AJ Dillon. So you have, you have Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, no fourth round pick, Kamal Martin, uh, John Runyon, Simon Stepaniak. Uh, I think there's a couple more in there uh, that are probably negligible. Garvin's in there as well. And then you get into the UDFAs, you have Chris Barnes. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other UDFAs that have made an impact this year. Um, here, I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready to look at it. I think I, it's I, it, I, I, I've, I've now pulled it up. So you got Jonathan Garvin, Vernon Scott. That's your draft. Oh, that's Vernon the end Scott of the draft. Was the other big one. Yeah. So I think yeah. that, you know I'll let you answer here in a second after you've had a chance to read through the list. But for me, the answer was pretty clearly John Runyon because even though. You're hoping that, that Jordan Love can be something down the road. This year, he has not been your best rookie. A.J. Dillon has not been on the field enough to be your best rookie. Josiah DeGuaro looked really promising until he got hurt. No fourth-round pick. Kamal Martin can't stay healthy, even though there's been flashes there. He struggled this year. John Runyon has been the guy that has stepped up into his role the biggest. Sapaniak has been on the, the pup list all year, I'm pretty sure. The... The fact that the Packers found a guy like John Runyon in the sixth round, and he's gonna he's gonna play significant snaps again this week, and you have faith in him. Bakhtiari has talked about his faith in Runyon. Rodgers has talked about his faith in Runyon. Elton Jenkins has talked about his faith in Runyon. These guys that are highly regarded upon the offense are talking highly about this guy, and that just speaks volumes to the quality of play that he's providing currently and the responsibility with which he has been tasked. Looking at the rookies and UDFS, I appreciate you stalling long enough for me to go through. If Kamal Martin had stayed healthy all year, it probably would be Martin. And I love the flashes I've seen from him. And the main reason, and I also love Chris Barnes. That's another guy who I think has played well this year. The ma- like the thing about Kamal Martin, because I'll get to running in just a second, because I do believe he's been the best one, but I want to talk about Martin is, Everyone's always like, and we talked about we talked about this on the game on fantasy live show on Thursday about the inside linebacker value. This is why Green Bay doesn't like target inside linebackers early. They hit on one, they hit on two, they hit so on Kamal think Martin. He's gone next year. Then you can continue on your rant. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I think so, because if you're Green Bay, uh, like, I don't have uh, Kirksey's, like, it's details. It's like $12 million. Dollars. It's a lot of money. Is it, is it guaranteed? No. No, and is it, it is and, is it, and is it dead cap? What's his dead cap hit? So like he had two years, $13 million was his total. Oh, two years, thirteen man. million. I thought he had like a two-year, twenty million dollar contract. I could be. I was oh, off then. Two, right. two years, thirteen. Uh, and as soon as it loads, I'll be able to oh, figure this what? out. Like a large part of it, though, is in twenty twenty one. I'm pretty sure it's like eight or more. Now that I think so, about it. So he had four million total guaranteed. Come on, spot rack, get it. Okay, over the cap. No guaranteed money and. Okay, okay, I got it. So 
His cap number next year will be eight mil. Um, That's what I okay. Cap number. What's his dead cap? Is two, is two if he's a or is two million if he's a if he's cut pre June first. So like if they cut him at the start of free agency, he costs two million dollars against you, which saves you six million dollars. And with guys like Chris Bar- with Chris Barnes, Kamal Martin, maybe you bring Ty back Summers, Warren Burke, Ty Summers. Yeah. yeah. So I, so if it's me and you're Green Bay and you're strapped for cash. I, I like Kirksey as a person, like the personality he is, and I like that he's well liked in the locker room. But I'm sorry, I'm letting him go because I'm saving six million dollars, and I got guys like Kevin King, Aaron Jones, other guys I have to pay. Corey Lindsley, who I, these are guys I have to pay. Although I want to bring Lindsley back, I love Corey Lindsley. I want to bring him back, but you just can't. But anyway, all this to say, John Runyon, yes, I think he's far and away been the biggest hit of this draft class, and he was actually a trade, like, he was a trade up, or, I think, or did the Raiders trade up? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but... So, it was, because it was a pick from Vegas, so it was either, the either Green Bay traded up to get him, or the Raiders traded... That was the Deshaun Kaiser pick. Oh, was that the Deshaun Kaiser pick? Yes, that was the Deshaun Kaiser pick. So, he traded Deshaun Kaiser for John Runyon. I think, in the, the big scheme of things right now, that's a win, is it not? That's absolutely a win. You've gotten a, at at worst, rotation-level offensive lineman. At best, he just made it to where you don't have to pay. Oh, no, that was the Trevor Davis trade. Um, Oh, Deshaun Kaiser was a waiver, wasn't he? Yeah, but not important. (laughs) So at worst, he's a rotation guy. At best, he just made it to where you can move on from Corey Lindsley and possibly re-sign Kevin King or Aaron Jones or whoever else this offseason. So, okay. yes, John Running's the best the best hit. Okay, so here's what's going to happen now. <laughs> this is exactly what happened on my game preview last night. We got way off topic talk, talking about other things because, in all reality, there's not a ton to talk about with this Eagles matchup. Now, the, the linebacker position is obviously a big topic of discussion in Green Bay. The offensive line is currently a big, pro, a big topic of discussion in Green Bay. These are two areas uh, that the Eagles can really attack. The, the defensive front... The defensive line for the Eagles is still pretty good, and they have Miles Sanders and now Jordan Howard, who they've signed and activated this week, to the roster. They still have good running backs. The the formula to beat this team is get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, make him make bad plays. Simple, 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 simple concept. And on the other side of the ball, it's run it. You run the ball against this Packers defense, and the Eagles can do both things. And so the linebackers, Christian Kirksey, Orm Burks, uh, Chris Barnes, Kamal Martin, these guys are going to have to make plays. Uh, and it, let's take a look at the uh, injury report as we kind of get into now the actual game preview here. For the Packers, we talked about Corey Lindsley, and I think this is kind of what how we started down this path. Corey Lindsley's out. He was placed on IR this today. So he'll be out for at least three weeks from today, at least three football weeks from today. Uh, the only other players with with game designations are Chris Barnes, who's questionable, Tyler Irvin, who's questionable, and Zadarius Smith, who is questionable. It was a late did-not-practice this week. I think Zadarius plays. I, I think it's all precautionary with him. But he was a late did-not-practice, so if he ends up not playing, it's not entirely surprising. But uh, it looks like the Packers are going to be 95% healthy because, in all honesty, subbing in Elton Jenkins for Corey Lindsley is a tremendous luxury, as we've kind of eloquently stated now throughout the uh, duration of this 20 minutes of this first uh, of the first part of this podcast. And so, 
Well, let's move on to the Philadelphia side of things. The only player ruled out so far is backup safety Rudy Ford. Uh, and then after that, it's Darius Slay who's questionable. I mean, obviously Darius Slay is a big one. I think he plays. But gonna, I think he's going to play, yeah. As well. So everybody else, this is going to be a relatively healthy game between both teams. We talked about at the beginning of the podcast how the Eagles have been beat up all year long. They're finally starting to get healthy. Now Carson Wentz has still struggled. Carson Wentz has still struggled. I mean, they probably have players in IR. I don't know who their IR list is. I know it's kind of long. Um, but they're give, getting... me, give me two seconds. Their IR list, okay, less than two seconds. Their IR is Cravon LeBlanc, who is a rotational corner. Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks. Uh, well, Brandon Brooks is on the pup, but he's still, he's done for the year still. He tore his Achilles in camp. Josh Perkins, who, eh. Andre Dillard, who's a starting left tackle. Deshaun Jackson, starting offensive lineman. Hassan Ridgeway, rotational defensive tackle. Oh, I can't even say that dude's name. It's I O S U A Opita. I, I Nate and then Nate no Gary idea. and then Craig James. So you said that their offensive line is good. It's not. No, Kelsey, it, it normally is. Kelsey good. is good. And yeah. the issue with and the issue with Jason P like so Jason Kelsey's good. Awesome. He has regressed on this year. He's typically the top like three center. He has taken a step back. And one thing he's had issues with is snapping. He and the, the connection that he and Wentz is, have usually had is not there right now. They're struggling with consistency, and there's typically at least one bad snap per game right now, which is just not good. But on the offensive line, Kelsey is the only one on the offensive line that grades out better than 41st at their positions. Jason Peters is playing guard because they yeah. just had no one else. So while the offensive line is traditionally good, uh, they have and they have decent backups in Mylata, Pryor, Sumalo. But and but Peters is playing out of position, playing on playing where he's at right now, playing right guard. He's last week was the first time in his career he had taken snaps that wasn't at tackle. And you know he's he's obviously aging. I think he's what thirty seven or thirty eight right and now. And he's yeah, and he's dealing with a toe injury. Like I think he's yeah. off the injury report, but he's and he's playing through it. But the problem with it is the only reason he's playing is because of money. Like if he play, if he plays a certain percentage of snaps, I think his his money gets kicked up for the year, and so he's trying to play through to that to that mark. So, personally, I don't think the offensive line is that good, and I think that uh, Green Bay can really get after it this week. And the linebackers are going to have a big role in this game, not only because of Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard, but Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, the dynamic tight end duo for the Eagles, and Richard Rodgers, and Richard Rodgers revenge game, uh, but. In all honesty, you know, it all starts with Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz is going to struggle, uh, then this offense is going to kind of halt this week, and that's really what it boils down to. Uh, the offensive line is beat up. Traditionally, the Eagles have been really good up front. The defensive line is still there, still present. You know, Brandon Graham, uh, Fletcher Cox, and, and, you know, those guys are going to be able to make plays. But they are not good against the pass overall. Uh, and maybe a large part of that is because these guys have been kind of beat up throughout the year. But at the same point, the secondary is just not that good. I mean, Malcolm, uh, I was going to say Malcolm Jenkins, he plays in New Orleans. But <laughs> it, maybe it's because um, Jim Schwartz does what uh, Mike Pettin does. He doesn't play his players to his scheme. The difference, like Mike Pettin is the scheme that is using the scheme that Jim Schwartz would use, and Jim Schwartz is using the scheme that Mike Pettin should use. Jim Schwartz doesn't really blitz, but he loves man coverage, just puts his guys out on islands and expects them to win. Mike Pettin puts his guys in zones and then gets confused when they give up big plays. Put your guys in man coverage. Jim, put your guys in zone because Darius Slade's the only man cover corner you got. 
Absolutely. I mean, and if Darius Slay is unable to go this week, there's absolutely no reason why the Packers should be able to score 30, 40 points. Like, absolutely no reason at all. Uh, I've seen some people say that the Packers could get over 40 this week. That's how poorly regarded this Eagles defense is right now, how far from the pedestal that they have fallen. Uh, But, like I said, the Eagles tend to play the Packers well. I don't think I need to remind everybody of the 4th and 26 in the playoffs. These things... These things happen with the Eagles. The Packers, for some reason, just ultimately struggle against them. It's just one of those teams that have their numbers. Uh, And so I'm hoping that's not the case this week. I'm hoping we get another statement game from this defense because overall they gave up 25 points to the Bears. Whatever. I mean, they gave up a touchdown at the end of the game. They gave up a big run to David Montgomery in the beginning. beginning. Other than that, they were pretty freaking good all night long. And I think that they did really what they needed to do. And this was a popular topic between Adam and I on our Friday night light stream last night. The defense just needs to be good enough. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be winning the games for the team. It just can't give up 40 points. And for the most part, they've done that. And I'm not going to say that that's, a scapegoat way of not blaming Mike Patton because Mike Patton still has a lot to answer for in terms of the way he utilizes his players on this defense. But the players on this team are very talented on the defensive side of the ball, and they're making plays for the most part. Darnell Savage had his best game of the season. He is currently playing, over the last three to four games, playing his best stretch of football in his career. I know it's only a two-year, season, a two-year career, but... For somebody that was, at the beginning of the season, really kind of hammered upon as somebody who was struggling, he has really turned it around, and I know that the interceptions last week were not necessarily spectacular or amazing, but that interception where he tracked down that deep pass from Trubisky, that's what you're asking Darnell Savage to do. You're asking him to play in the deep third and, and, and read and make plays on the ball that way, and he did it twice against Trubisky. The, the second that, interception was more center, impressive. That center field ball was, was a good ball. Like, and I call the center field ball like the, the fly ball tracking one that he had in the end zone. That's, that's, a, that's a tough play. You know who used to do that really well? Maybe one of the best safeties of all time before he went mental, Earl, Earl Thomas. Like, that was what he did. He was not what I thought you were going to say. When you said best sa- one of the best safeties of all time, I was, like, I was going to say Nick Collins because absolutely. we all love Nick, no, Nick Collins. Nick Collins falls in that category as well. Both of those guys did that same thing. You... Being safety or being a safety in the NFL, the the Darnell Savage he has been good this year. He has not capitalized on the opportunities to really buoy his his value in the in the in the eyes of Packers fans. But the two interceptions last week, I think, is a huge confidence boost for him and something that he can really use to kind of really buoy this defense moving forward. And Zadarius Smith is having a top-five year again. Uh, Preston Smith has been average, but I think that's always kind of what he was coming out of Washington. I think he had a really good year last year, and we expected him to kind of continue to do that. He was always kind of average. He was a good pass rusher, but he wasn't great uh, in Washington before he came before he became a free agent. Rayshon Gary is coming into his own. Kenny Clark is still not really playing at the level that you would think that he should be playing at. But again, he's probably dealing with two to three blocks per play. I would need to go back and watch film to confirm that. I just know that Kenny Clark can be a little bit more impactful than he's been. But a large part of that is because they don't have necessarily the – 
the strength along the defensive front for him to kind of shine. And so then it, the linebackers are going to be key in this in this game, as I stated before, because they're going to have to deal with the run game as well as Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And so you're going to be looking to the guys like Kamal Martin and uh, Christian Kirksey and Chris Barnes. These guys are going to have to make plays this week to really keep this defense afloat. I got a question for you real quick. Pop quiz. How many teams have two safeties that are currently graded in the top 20 at the position? Let me think. Hold on. Maybe two, three? Two is correct. Okay. Green Bay's one of them. Yeah, Adrian I can imagine Amos that. Is eight. Adrian Amos is eighth. Darnell Savage is 19th. Can you guess the other team? In my head, I wanted to say Kansas City, but... I, Kansas City doesn't even have a one. Really? Yeah, they're top-graded safety. And again, it's PFF, so it's not like 100%, but Tyron Matthews not even in the top 50. I honestly am Tyree not Matthew sure. grades out at 67. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, obviously Minnesota because they're going to have Harrison Smith. I don't. I can't. But nobody else has played that well in there. It's Denver. Wow. Yeah, I would have never guessed that. Justin Simmons is the second best graded corner in, or safety in football right now, and then Kareem Jackson, who since switching to safety has really revitalized his career and and just is great. Like, he's really elevated in age. Like, he's 32, which I know people are like, that's not old, but for football, that's old. Especially if you play a position that requires speed. But Kareem Jackson has played really well as a safety there, especially next to Justin Simmons. That's a great duo there. But yeah, Green Bay is the only other team outside of Denver. Or well, actually, Jacksonville is the third team. I forgot about Jacksonville. They've, their safeties have played re- weirdly good. Jared Wilson and Andrew Wingard. But anyway, yeah, I just, I love this I love this Green Bay team. I love the group they've developed here, and just like we've we've bashed on we bashed on Petten all year. But if he just puts his guys in position to succeed, they can make really good plays. And this can be a, a at least a top half of the league duo or group, and and rather than looked at as a bottom a bottom tier group. Like if you just put them in the position to succeed and let them do what they're good at, they're gonna make a lot of plays against a lot of teams. I still believe in this defense, and I believe that they can do what they need to do to make this to make this Packers team truly competitive in the playoffs. But this is a Packers Eagles preview, so let's move into let's kind of rapid fire through these because we're already approaching 33 minutes here. We're gonna rapid fire through the rest of these uh, and, and kind of finish off this preview. But who who is going to be your key matchup on both sides of the ball for the Packers Eagles uh, in terms of you know who needs to be impactful? Uh, I think the pass rush does. Uh, like to be like for like for Green Bay on defense, it's the pass rush. Um, we've talked about and specifically just like the front because Patton doesn't bring a ton of blitzes. He's really rare when he does. And but this group can get pressure against Philly. No one has been able to block them all year. Jamal Adams looked like an All Pro edge. He looked like Lawrence Taylor reincarnate last week as a safety. So I think that. What Green Bay needs to do is get pressure, get after Wentz, and re- and contain. But don't let him break contain. Maintain your rush lanes, maintain integrity, push the pocket back into him. Get Kenny Clark one on one with Jason Kelsey because that's a fun matchup for one. But two, because if you can do that, that means you got other guys coming that are forcing like that have good matchups because Jason Kelsey is far and away the best offensive lineman on this group right now. Jason Peters was, but he's 
he's just not he's just not young enough anymore. He's just lost his step. He doesn't look comfortable at guard. So if you got Kelsey and Peters trying to double team Kenny Clark, you got guys with one on ones like Preston Z Gary. They can get after Wentz and they can force issues there on the offensive side of the ball. I think it. I, I normally want to say like the running game because I think Aaron Jones can have a really big day against these linebackers because these linebackers are terrible. But I just think it's. I think it's Alan Lazard and MBS versus the two and three guys because for Philly, obviously Darius Slay is good, but I think Adams is going to cook him just because Adams has cooked him he, he for has, the last. Yeah, he has. He's cooked him for the last five years, or like since he became an elite, uh, an elite level wide receiver, he's just consistently cooked him. And so I think that Adams can win his matchup, but Lazard against Avante Maddox and Nikel Roby Coleman, that's an easy matchup. That's one we should win, and that's where you take advantage. That's where this Green Bay offense of just generating good matchups for everybody, that's where they feast because, oh, you're going you're gonna to one-on-one against Adams? Cool, he's going to be open, but guess what? All of our other guys are open too, and Adams can pick you up, or Rodgers can pick you apart all, after, or all, yeah, all afternoon long. All right, yeah, I don't have too much to add here. I mean, and for me, on the offensive side of the ball for the Packers, it's going to be the interior group, Elton Jenkins, John Runyon, and Lucas Patrick against the interior of the Eagles. And on the other side of the ball, it's going to be the linebackers, Chris Barnes, Christian Kirksey, Kamal Martin, these guys making plays where they need to because they're going to have their hands full. And you can add in Adrian Amos, Raven Green, because I think they're going to also fulfill some of those duties in terms of covering the tight ends and, and, and being important in the run game. So really, it's those those hanging defenders uh, that are going to have to make plays uh, on the perimeter with Miles Sanders, uh, in, in between the tackles of Jordan Howard, and then also worry about Dallas Godden and Zachary, and Zachary stretching the field down the middle. So they're going to have their hands full this week, and they're really going to be tested in a lot of ways. So the linebackers are going to be the key group for me. Uh, so let's move right into game predictions. Uh, and so uh, the Packers are 8.5-point favorites. Uh, I think the over-under in this game was 48.5. Uh, I'm not sure if that line has moved at all. However, I believe I think, it's 49 and a half now, actually. Okay, so I do believe that the overhits in this game, I think that the Eagles backdoor, backdoor cover that, and then as well as the Packers covering the spread, I think that they win by about 10 points. Uh, that would be my prediction here, so I'm going to go with something like 34 to 21. I mean, that wouldn't, then Philly wouldn't cover. I didn't say they would, I said the Packers cover. I said they cover the, they cover the over. Okay, so, see, I thought you were going to say that Philly was going to have the backdoor cover, and then you no, said 30, backdoor cover the over is what I meant. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually think the game's going to be closer. Uh, I'm going to give a slightly different prediction than the one I gave on Wednesday uh, on the on that other show that I was on. I think the Green Bay still wins. I think Green Bay wins 30 to – excuse me. I think Green Bay wins 30 to 24. I think that they give up a little bit of points. I think that Philly gets that backdoor cover, something late. I think the game – I think the final score – is going to make the game look a lot closer than it actually is, the cl- which is the classic move of, oh, Green Bay only barely won by six over Philly. No, Green Bay won by 14 over Philly, and they gave up a late score. So that's what I think is going to happen there. Uh, I think Green Bay wins. I think that they handle Philly because their defense is better, and I think that their offense is going to have no problems moving the ball. Absolutely, and uh, hopefully the the uh, what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast where Philadelphia typically plays the Packers well, I hope that doesn't come to fruition this week. I do think that the Packers are 100% hands down the better team here, uh, and so I'm looking for them to put two really strong games together with the Bears game in tow with this game. Uh, I, I think that they can do that. I think this can this ha- this can have the opportunity for the Packers to put another statement game together for their defense uh, with the offense as well. Just 
really making their name known uh, as NFC contenders this year in a, in a wacky 2020 season. Uh, but Gage, do you have any final notes to add before we kind of sign off here? No, I'm good. I'm just excited to watch this game. Uh, I think that Green Bay obviously needs to run the table for the remainder of the year to lock up the one seed, and I think that that one seed is going to be huge because you'd rather see Rodgers playing in Lambeau in January than playing anywhere else. Absolutely. There's just something about playing at home that you can't really replicate anywhere else. That's why it's called home field advantage. Uh, even if there's no fans, it's still going to be important. It's a comfortability thing for the for these guys uh, to be able to play in their home stadium. So, Please uh, make sure you're liking uh, liking our social media posts. Like you're leaving comments. Uh, you're going onto our podcast listening platforms that that host our serv- that host our uh, shows here. So Blue Wire Pods as well. Make sure you're liking, rating, and subscribing. Leaving, leaving feedback. Let us know what we're doing well. Let us know how we can improve. Uh, for Gage and I, you can find us on the Game on Fantasy. Uh, podcasts, which are Tuesday, the live stream on Thursday, which turns into a podcast, and then uh, also on Sunday mornings with our live st- our live sit start stream. I think I, I think I got everything for you and I. We have both have sit starts at Dynasty Nerds as well for fantasy, so we're kind of all over the place, uh, but also together. So it, it is just kind of the way it worked out. But you know, we're happy to be here. And we're happy to talk about Packers, but we'll, we'll let you go for this week. So thank you for tuning in once again. This was episode eight sixty five, I think, of the Pack a Day podcast. Uh, make sure, like I said, that you're liking, rating, and subscribing, and letting all of the Pack a Day podcasts uh, podcasters know how much you appreciate their work. But until next time, go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.